0: Good evening everybody. We um let me get where I'm supposed to be here. If you um if you didn't get a handout, we've got some um in the back uh, just where you come in the door right there, um sitting on a table. And so uh the little handout is just something that's simply um uh, we're hoping that you leave here tonight with more than just a um, a memorable service, but we hope that you leave here with a with a message of hope. And so, as we um, and these are just my my notes that I've been uh, taking today, just to think about what our purpose for tonight was and what we hope to accomplish. And so, um, I, I'm going to do a little devotional with you um, here in just a few minutes. But if you'll notice on your um, On your handout that you got, I said this is supposed to be the the most wonderful time of the year, right? This is supposed to be the the happiest time, the happiest season of all. And I'm sure that um, some of you can remember when it probably felt that way. Some of you can remember when uh, Christmas time was just a a very joyous time. And then um, all of a sudden the darkness of this cursed world lands at your front door. And when that happens, all of a sudden, this is no longer the the happiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of of all. And so what we want to be able to do is help you tonight to be able to find the hope of Christmas, to be able to understand that even though when you're in trials in this life, Christmas is difficult to find a way to celebrate, to find a way to find joy in it. But what I want you to understand is, you are really the ones that will understand how to truly celebrate Christmas for what it was meant to be. I know that for so long it's been the happiest time of the year because we've made it all about um, uh, family gathering together and we've made it all about um, um, giving gifts and showing love to one another. And and those things are not bad. That's not bad at all. It's good that we're able to enjoy and do those things during Christmas, but I want you to understand something. That is not the message of Christmas. It's not the message of Christmas at all. Um, As I said here on the notes, Christmas is not about uh, parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow, as the old song says, but instead, Christmas is about light coming into our darkness. It's about giving us hope in the midst of our darkness. It's about... Joy to the world because the Lord has come. Because Christmas, light came into the world and He is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's going to destroy all the darkness that causes all of our sorrows and our sufferings. And one day soon, He's going to come and He's going to get us and He's going to bring us to this place where there is no more night. And that simply means there's no more darkness in this place. And we're going to live there forever with Him. The message of Christmas is really the only thing that can actually bring any true comfort during your dark times. Now again, I'm not saying that to you tonight to try to make you feel better about this. I'm trying to help you understand what the real message of Christmas is. And so tonight is my desire and it's our desire that you can put away any false expectations of what Christmas is supposed to be like. And I want you to be able to replace it tonight with whatever the, the true celebration is of Christmas. And we'll look at that in the Word of God here in just a few minutes. But we're going to replace it with a celebration that, that actually is able to feel the darkness of this cursed world. We're not trying to ask anybody to ignore the, the trials and the tribulations that you're going through. We're not trying to ask you to just act like the only way to celebrate Christmas is to try to numb yourself to try to get through it. Um, that's not a true celebration of Christmas. A true celebration of Christmas is when you actually see the darkness that's in this world. When you actually see the need for light. And I don't know how many of you have been in a place to where all you could feel was darkness. All you felt like there was no joy, there was no hope, everything had been drained from you. And yet, the Bible tells us that light came into this darkness. Light has come into the world and the darkness did not overcome this light. And so we want to be able to figure out how can we feel the darkness of this cursed world we live in and yet still celebrate through our tears, if need be, and celebrate that Christ has come into this dark world and He's defeated all the darkness in it. We're going to celebrate that one day soon, because of Jesus, we will sorrow no more. And I don't know about you, but how many of you are ready for that day right now? No more sorrow. No more suffering. It it sounds too good to be true, don't it? Too good to be true. There are some times that I have to ask God to forgive me that I struggle to believe it, even though I know He's more than capable. But we know so much darkness and so much suffering here, it's hard to comprehend a time and a place where there is no darkness and there is no suffering, where every tear that you have ever shed is wiped away and there is nothing but joy forevermore. And that's our hope. This is our faith that we believe in. So tonight, we want to have a Christmas memorial service because of the faith that we have, because of the hope that we have, that one day, because light has come into the world, this darkness is not going to be here for long. And so we want to celebrate that, and we want to have a service that is able to remember our tears and to remember our loved ones and to be able to still celebrate the fact that these hurts that we feel, one day, He's going to wipe them all away and they are going to be no more. And so we want to be able to understand that even though there are many here tonight because of the darkness of a loved one gone on before us, Christmas shouldn't be a time where we try to ignore the sorrows and just try to get past the season, but it should be a time that we remember that because the light has come and defeated the darkness of death, one day soon we will see our loved ones who are asleep in Christ again soon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I want to share that with you tonight. Very simply, Paul had to warn, he had to help his Christian family here. They were young in the faith and they didn't understand things about the resurrection and and how the events of Jesus coming back were going to take place. They just knew that Jesus was going to come back. But then all of a sudden they have loved ones that are dying and, and they don't know how to feel about this and they are overcome with grief to the point that they're grieving as if there is no hope. And Paul has to step into the scenes here, and he has to help them by teaching them exactly what it is that gives us hope during times like this. And so, I want you to look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and starting in verse 13, this is what it says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep. I love that. Paul did not say we want you to be uninformed about those who are dead. Because the truth of the matter is Jesus said anybody that believes in Him will never die. And so He did not say here that your loved ones are dead. He said your loved ones are asleep. They are resting in peace. And notice what He says next. So that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. Well how are we going to do that Paul? Verse 14. For since we believe That Jesus died and He rose again. Well, let me ask you a question. How is it possible for the God of all creation to die? The only way it's possible is if He first becomes a man, right? There you have Christmas. The only way that Jesus could die is that He first had to become a man. And if you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that He lived a perfect life, and you believe that He eventually died, and not only that He died, but He rose from the dead, defeating death, proving that darkness will not overcome him. And anyone in him, darkness will not overcome. And so they're not dead, they're asleep. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And then notice what he said right there. God will bring with him. In other words, we're waiting on God to come back, right? And notice what God's going to do with our people that have fallen asleep. They're going to come back with Him. The Bible tells us that um, to be absent from the body is to be what? And so I don't want you to understand something. The body is resting in the ground. The spirit, the soul is with the Lord right now. And one day, if you believe this, then God is going to bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. And then keep going with me. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse 15. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord. And I notice this. Paul said, this ain't me talking. Who's this talking? This is the Lord. Can you trust what the Lord says? Here's what he says. That we who are alive, who are left. I love that right there too. We're left, guys. We're left right now. Because we want to be where they are, right? We're left. We want to be with the Lord. And yet, we're left. So we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So here he's talking about this great gathering, this great reunion that's going to take place with us and our loved ones when God comes back. And we go to live with Him in His kingdom forever and ever, where there is no more darkness, and our hope is in that. And he says, about this grand reunion, he says, I want you to know something. You're not going to precede them. You know why you're not going to precede them? Two reasons. Number one, they're already with Him. And they're going to come back with Him for you. And then number two, the reason why you're not going to precede them is because, keep reading with me, verse 16, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Their bodies are coming up out of the ground first. And then you... And yours, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds. And here's what we're going to do. To meet the Lord in the air. Do you see this reunion? Do you see this gathering that he's talking about? So he says, I don't want you to grieve like those who have no hope. Why, Paul? Because there's going to be a reunion. And when that reunion happens, you're not going to precede the ones that have already gone on before you. Number one, they're already there. And they're coming back for you. And number two, their bodies are going to rise first. And when they do, they're going to meet you in the air. And we're going to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then notice what he says in verse 18. Therefore, what do we do? With what? These words. So really the question is, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you let these words of the Lord sink down in your spirit, sink down in your soul, so that for Christmas, can you celebrate and enjoy it the way that you always have throughout the years? No. No, things have changed. But should you still be able to celebrate Christmas and what Christmas means? Yes, it should. We should be able to look that light has come into the world and the darkness did not overcome it. And one day, we're going to have a grand reunion with our loved ones that have fallen asleep in Christ. We're going to meet them in the air, and we are going to meet the Lord in the air, and forever and ever we will be with Him and them forevermore. <clears throat> the resurrection to this great gathering in God's kingdom has been the hope of God's people for ages. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22 real quick. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 22, we have Joseph, and we're talking about the faith of him here. And it said, by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. That don't make a lot of sense. How how does that take faith? Let me tell you something. Joseph understood that there's going to be a resurrection of my body when I die, and I am going to be gathered together with my people in the kingdom of God, and so While he was in Egypt, before his family went back to the promised land, he told them, he said, y'all don't forget me. (laughs) Y'all don't forget me. The reason why most Christians today still practice burial and not cremation is because it is a testimony of our faith. Now, I'm not saying that God can't take the ashes and put them back together because your bones are going to turn to dust too, right? But I am telling you that it was a statement of their faith. They buried their bones because they believed that one day God's going to put it back together and He's going to give them a new body. They were going to rise from the dead. And so here we have the faith of this grand reunion coming from Joseph. And you can read also about it in Genesis chapter 50. I'm not going to go there tonight. But Joseph knew that death was not the end for him. He knew that he would be resurrected and gathered into God's kingdom with his family. And he believed it so much that he wanted his bones to already be in the land with them when they go. All people of faith have the same hope through all the troubles of this world. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 through 16. And I'm coming to a close. These all died in faith, Joseph included, not having received the things promised. But here's what they did do. They saw them and greeted them from afar. In other words, they saw them and they believed it and they longed for it and they trusted in it. And having acknowledged, that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. Any of y'all faced enough darkness yet that you realize that this world is not my home? I do not want this world to be my home. For people who speak this way, like I just said, are making it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And look at verse 15. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, They would have had opportunity to return to it. You can go back and celebrate Christmas the way you used to if you want to. Or you can look forward and greet the promises of God from afar. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. You know, unfortunately, guys, darkness in this world is the only way that we can truly learn to celebrate and appreciate the light. And so I pray that tonight, that if you can't find joy in this season, I pray that you can find hope. I pray that you can find hope. In our grief, we can and we should have hope. This Christmas, we remember our loved ones whose bodies sleep in Christ, and we celebrate that because of Christmas, and because of his death, and because of his resurrection. We will be gathered with them to a king and a kingdom where we'll never sorrow again. And so through your tears in this world, thank God for everything in you, with everything in you, and look forward to the great gathering of God's people in His kingdom. Look forward to the day when our, I should have said our, I'm sorry, I typed that wrong, when our ashes are traded for beauty. The day when all our sorrows are turned into exceedingly great joy. And believe you me, it's coming. It's coming. If y'all would, pray with me today and we'll get started with our service. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. God, I thank you, God, that no matter what kind of suffering and sorrows we endure here in this life, that you have promised us that one day you will wipe away every tear. Father, one day, every bit of our weeping that endures through the night will be turned into joy in the morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, that one day night will be no more. Father, I thank you that, Lord, we are waiting on that grand reunion one day whenever we meet our loved ones in the air again. And, Father, we spend eternity with them and with you forevermore. Father, I pray that tonight, Lord, that you would help us to have a heart for Christmas. Lord, not a heart that um, we're looking for uh, just to be so happy in this world, but, Father, a heart that understands that this world is not our home. Father, a heart that understands that we don't want the darkness that's in this world. Father, we want your light. And Lord, you said that those who speak that way clearly, clearly declare that they are seeking a homeland and you are not ashamed to be called their God. And Father, I pray that tonight that can be us. Father, I I hate that we have to go through the suffering that we do. But God, thank you. Thank you for opening our eyes to the darkness that is in this world, to the sin that is in this world. And Lord, that one day, if we trust in you, it's all going to go away and it will be no more. And so Father, I pray God that the, the heart of our celebration tonight, the heart of our remembrance tonight would be that you have blessed us, that we have seen your grace in this world. But Lord, it's only a glimpse of it and it did not last forever. But one day, you will extend grace to us that will never end. And Father, we look forward and we long for that day. Father, we love you. Help us tonight to remember our loved ones well, but to celebrate you and what you have done for us. And Father, we ask you to do this for us in Jesus' name. Amen.